1: Hello and welcome to Attacking Third, the CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Redat, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, NWSL analyst and broadcaster. On today's episode, we have a United States Women's National Team preview for everyone. they have got a match coming up on Thursday, and we've also got... And New Jersey to New York Gotham FC versus Kansas City NWSL preview with a match coming up on Friday quickly a sponsorship today's attacking third podcast is presented by Sonos Beam the premium smart soundbar for TV movies sports, music, gaming, and more. Stay tuned for additional details about the Sonos Beam later in today's show. A quick reminder for everyone to follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third. You can also head on over to our YouTube page and hit subscribe so that you never miss a new video or whenever we go live, whenever we have an exclusive interview. Plus, you can catch great extended NWSL highlights. Head on over to YouTube.com slash Attacking Third. Lisa, how are you doing today? You ready to get into this super-sized preview
0: episode I am so ready. It's a FIFA window and a FIFA break right now. So lots of call-ups happening in the NWSL. Um, And usually this means... No NWSL matches, but due to some scheduling changes and and rescheduling, we have a match for uh, league play happening on Friday between Gotham and Kansas City. So I'm actually pumped about that. But the U.S. women's national team back in action. We saw them uh, versus Paraguay earlier in September, and now they're back this October for this FIFA window playing against South Korea. So I love that we get the double action in this next two weeks. Um, I'm really pumped about it. How are you? How, how is your are you still riding on that high for the Chicago
1: Sky? Jeez, I think my initial reaction to it was like that I'm never going to shut up about this ever. And you know <laughs> what, Lisa, it's just true. I just there's a part of me that's still in disbelief in it. But it's been a okay. great kind of long extended period of time here to to take in another side of, of women's pro sports with with the WNBA and, and seeing what happened there. And then, sort of having this like kind of bleed into and just sort of run into this transitional window, this international window that we're going through that is actually going to still have NWSL action. So I'm delighted to get into it and we will get into all of it. But first, we're going to start with the United States women's national team versus South Korea. They're going to be playing. It's the the Midwest tour, Lisa. These (laughs) matches in October are going to be taking place in the Midwest as well. This first one coming up is going to be at Kansas City at the Children's Mercy Park. Thursday at 8 p.m. E.T. kickoff time. Let's get into the roster a little bit, Lisa, in terms of this preview and what we're looking at. Uh these these four matches, these are the later two now, these were sort of billed as the the kind of uh, Olympic tour matches, post-Olympic matches for these Olympians after they won the bronze medal in the Tokyo Games. And now in this October international window, it's the final two matches that are also sort of adjacent being billed as the Carly Lloyd farewell matches carly lord announcing her retirement post tokyo olympics had two games in september against paraguay now these final two against south korea sat down for an interview with us lisa she talked about how emotional things were going to be and now here we are. We're going to be bearing witness to, to the final uh, two games. Uh, let's let's take a look at who else is joining uh, Carly Lloyd in these matches. It's the goalkeepers. They've got Jane Campbell and Adriana French. Defenders are Abby Dahlkamper, Tierna Davidson, Emily Fox, Casey Kruger, Kelly O'Hara, Becky Run, and Emily Sonnet. For the mid crew, midfield crew, it's going to be Lindsay Horan, Rose Lavelle, Katerina Macario, Christy Mewis, and Andy Sullivan. And the forwards are Tobin Heath, Carly Lloyd, Alex Morgan, Mallory Pugh, Megan Rapinoe, Sophia Smith, and Lynn Williams. 21 players on this roster, at least 17 of them representing that Olympic squad from the Tokyo Games. And we've still got the small handful of NWSL players who are going to be representing alongside them. As well. And that also now includes Emily Fox, who wasn't part of those September friendlies, but is now included in this mix alongside Andy Sullivan, Malpugh, and Sophia Smith.
0: I think that's the biggest thing when this roster was announced um, a week or so ago. And now as we preview this first match that the U.S. has against South Korea is Emily Fox is on this roster. She has four caps at the senior level um, starting in 2018. She has a few in 2019. And then in 2021, I think she played in the She Believes Cup. So she's been at this level. And it's great that Vlako is is giving her another look. I think it's also important to note that Megan Rapinoe is back. She did not play in the Two matches um, against Paraguay earlier in September. And also, Kristen Press has opted out again, as well as Crystal Dunn, who did play in the two matches in September. And now she has opted out. Um, and just because of roster rotation and things like that, now Emily Fox is sliding into that defensive role that Crystal Dunn plays. I'm really pumped for Emily Fox. And now, with Emily Fox joining this team from Racing Louisville, all 10 NWSL teams are represented on this roster for the U.S. right now. Sandra, that says so much about the the competition and the level of skill and play in the NWSL, that every single team is represented at this the highest level that the U.S. has stalled for right now for women. I, That's
1: pretty cool. I love to see it. You love to see it. I think everybody loves to see it. Uh, we can't emphasize the the importance of of the league for American women's domestic soccer uh, here in the United States. That's that's what it that's what it is. That's what it was was founded on. Uh, One of the core principles of having a league in the United States was to ensure that there was always going to be a place for the current players in existence to continue their their development and to continue cultivating and growing and nurturing future talent uh, uh, for this this international level. And Emily Fox didn't back into the mix might be surprising to some, maybe not surprising to to others. Uh, You know, this was a player drafted number one out of college from UNC had already had a few caps or at least some time with uh, a few camps, excuse me, with the women's national team. So not unfamiliar with being in these types of situations in terms of what to expect from a national women's team camp, the routine the scheduling the day-to-day so having an extra defender in the mix obviously in light of having somebody like crystal dunn opting out for these two matches uh, just sort of kind of seemed like it, it made the most logical sense in, in the, in the present time. So I know we've been talking a lot about, and we'll talk a lot about it some more that uh, we'll probably see a much bigger camp in the, in a bigger mix up of things come those January camps. Um, but to see this now and this sort of final stretch of international windows in 2021, coupled with the fact that these are the post-Olympic celebratory games and also Carl Lourdes for well, this just sort of seemed like the next logical fit, but I love that it is someone who is familiar with this mm-hmm. national team for a little bit, that it's also a young player that is uh, still getting familiar with things, and like you said, Lisa, that it's going to make all 10 clubs representative at the uh, international window here. It's going to be very, very exciting for sure. Do you think uh, Emily uh, Fox might might be tagged with a start? We saw... The, when, when the September windows uh, matches happened against Paraguay, we saw Mallory Pugh, we saw Sophia Smith, we saw Andy Williams get out there, get minutes, get starts and really make an impact in these games against Paraguay. We're talking about Mallory Pugh and, 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 and Andy Sullivan having big games, now Pugh racking up assists, Andy Sullivan recording her first international goals with the U.S. Women's National Team, and then Sophia Smith saying, hey, me too, let me get in on this. So <laughs> she went ahead and, and earned her first international goals with the United States Women's uh, National Team as well. So I don't know. I, I'm, I'm wondering if maybe somebody like Emily Fox can get a little bit of time in these type of matches. What do you think?
0: I, I think we could I'm unfortunately I don't have an and a bird's eye view of the trainings that are happening right now for Vladko and and the squads because I think uh, the trainings leading up to these matches really determine who's going to get the start and who's not. Um I don't think she'll start the first game, but I think depending on how she does, I think she'll get time for sure. Um, And I could see her being dubbed to start in the second match against South Korea next week. Um, But I don't think she'll get the first start in this week, especially because uh, it's a defensive position that she plays. And although she is very good at it and she wouldn't be called onto this roster if she didn't deserve to play there, but defensive position is also a position that You can't really afford to be making that many mistakes there, whereas a forward, you have a little bit more freedom to uh, take more risks and try different things out, try new moves and new positions and new players farther up the field as it's less dangerous when they lose the ball. Um, So I don't think the first game, but maybe the second one. And I also think that this is huge because this game is being played at Children's Mercy Park in Kansas City, and that is home to Ad French. And although she's been traded from Portland to KC, so she plays in the area a lot. I don't believe she's played at children's mercy park yet. Every game that KC NWSL has played has been at legends field since French has been there. So now she gets to play at children's mercy park and she gets to play in front of her home family crowd for her country. Um, so that's a defensive part of the line. So maybe that changes how things goes a little bit ahead of her, but do you think Fox will get the start?
1: I'm with you. I don't know if it's a start, but I wouldn't be surprised if maybe we see some minutes uh, for for this place. I honestly, I think, I think Crystal Dunn opting out of these these particular matches are going to be a bit of a blessing, honestly, I too. Uh, because I know that Crystal Dunn has been this type of team player for this national team. That she's such a baller that. Almost doesn't matter where you put her on the, te- the on the on the field, you know that she's absolutely going to make an impact for her team. And what we saw happen was that that ended up looking like her moving further and further, further back towards <laughs> the pitch, and she was at the outside back position. And she's been there in this run during the the 2019 Olympics, or excuse me, during the 2019 World Cup, and now during the the 2020 slash 21 Tokyo Summer Games. So that's what we've uh, seen her, um, And that's really been her position. There hasn't been a, a lot of competition in terms of someone coming in and really making a statement in that role. When we saw that Olympic roster drop – And then we saw it get expanded to a full 22-player roster versus just alternates. It all sort of started to click for a lot of us. And it's like, hey, this makes a lot of sense. Like, you've got uh, a player in Emily Sonnet where you're not too sure where you're going to put her. Maybe she slots in at outside back. Maybe she slots in at center back. Who knows? That's a wild card there. But then they saw somebody like Casey Kruger where it was just kind of like, yes, this is – And outside back, you can put her at left back. She can either get involved in the attack or if you want her in a narrow situation to defend 1v1, she's great to have in there, right? So those kind of things made sense. So for Don opting out of this one, I think maybe it's going to, we're going to have to, be forced to see some different looks so who knows if we're going to see emily fox get the start or possibly just get some minutes or somebody like eterna davidson as well Mm -hmm. Uh, we have really liked seeing uh what she's been putting together in terms of her performances in the center back position absolutely i would like to see that continue development. that development continue um but we have seen Tierna Davidson in sort of a you know a fourth option off the bench type of scenario come in and have to slot in, at a, at a wide position. So so we'll see how this looks with just the one veteran and Kelly O'Hara, and then these other options at outside back, and what that looks like in these two games.
0: When we look at this roster and and knowing that the NWSL season is nearing the end, um, just a few more games left in their regular season, and then playoffs hit. Uh, and you look at all 10 teams being represented here on this roster, uh, Do you think that plays a factor into the minutes that will be played for these these players? For instance, um, Jane Campbell, Abby Dahlkemper, Houston Dash players that are still pushing for a playoff spot. Um, Gotham FC, they have Carly Lloyd, of course, who I'm sure this is her farewell tour. She'll get many minutes, if not starts in both of these matches. But when you look at this in, in North Carolina with Lynn Williams... Do you think that the NWSL playoffs that are just around the corner and, and the championship that these players are vying for play a factor into the minutes that will be played at the international level?
1: Oh, man, I'm going to say possibly. And, I, and I'm going to say it's definitely something to keep an eye on, especially considering, you know, Black Ondanovsky, the head coach, who's making these decisions and calling um, these kind of non Olympian players into the fold. So there's the 17 players who represented in Tokyo and then this handful of players who did not. So unless they are players from the Portland thorns, all rain or Washington spirit, they've they've clinched. Right. Mm -hmm. So they're not going to return to that one final game for many of them, for many of these teams, it's just one final game remaining in the NWSL regular season. Unless you're Gotham, you don't have games, <laughs> plural, in the regular season. So uh, unless you're one of those three teams, you've already clinched, and it's now just a matter of seeing where the, the seating lies and, and who's going to be facing off against who. But vlack echoed something similar that I'm going to just reemphasize here, and that bringing in those type of players at the time for the September camps was because of their very strong performances for club and the playoff push that they were in as well, that they were, these were players that were performing very, very well for their teams, whether it was an Andy Sullivan, Sophia Smith, or Mal Pugh, um, and to bring them in because they also had some familiarity with the national team camp and how they do things there as well. So in terms of minutes restrictions and stuff like that, that was something that Andonowski said that they were going to keep an eye on during those September matches. We ended up seeing a couple of these players get significant minutes, heavy minutes, this consecutive starts in some cases. Um, and I'm not too sure if that's going to echo similar, uh, similarly here in, 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 these October friendlies, possibly. Um, I'm not going to say that they won't, but these are the final two games of, of, of Carly Lloyd's career as well. I mean, I won't be surprised if, if maybe she's going to really want to try to push a full 90 in, 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 each, in each one. And I wouldn't be surprised if she uh, commits to that and, and does it because she still sort of has that engine and driving her uh, still. Um, but, uh, I would like to see some rotation for sure happen, uh, for any of these teams that are in the playoff mix. And there's a, 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 ton of them, honestly. So, um, if they end up getting extended minutes and they still have some, uh, extra things on the line in terms of the playoff push and the seating and, and or possibly needing to go that extra mile to clinch, they're going to probably get right back into it. Uh, once they head over to, to Cell. these are, these are professional athletes, um, It's very easy to say and say like, oh, like they're people and they're tired and they're human. Yeah, of course. But this is also their jobs. (laughs) And this is also like what they have been called to do. Um, So we have seen these players specifically. uh, They're just kind of built different. You know, and yeah. uh, they're just sort of, their mentality is just sort of different, and that kind of I think is what separates them from from the fold of the, of the rest of their players. That yeah, they're they're gonna go on an international window and probably get some extended minutes, and guess what? They're gonna head on right back to their club and get yeah. back to it again as well. I mean,
0: you say built differently. Carly Lloyd is 39 years old. She's broken numerous record for club and country. She's at 314 caps right now. If she plays these next two, that'll be 300 and 16, ending her career at those caps. And she, no one's forcing her out except she's choosing to retire. So these players having a different mentality. I mean, Carly Lloyd is like your number one example. Um, and and for her, so okay, so she could end with three hundred and sixteen caps after these next two matches. She is number two right now in all time caps for the United States women's national team. She's behind Kristen uh, Lilly, who she will not catch up to, who has three hundred and fifty four. Um, and then in. Goals scored at the international level. She is number three right now. She's behind Abby Wambach and Mia Hamm, and then it's Carly Lloyd. So Mia Hamm, who is ahead of her, is at 158, and Carly Lloyd is at 134. We saw her jump the standings from I think five to number three in these September friendly matches nope. that the U.S. played. She scored six goals in those two matches, five in one game. So. Yeah, five goals in one game for for Carly Lloyd. Yes, are we yeah. putting money on it, Sandra? Like well, she's trying to break maybe, records maybe before she retires. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe off off camera, maybe
1: off mic. We will. We'll talk about it some more. But there's uh, turns out there's still records to 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 be had or or ones to be broken. So we'll see if that happens. I don't I don't know if that is gonna uh, you know there's, if if that type of match is gonna echo similarly to to a team like South Korea. Um, it, again, this is not a team that this is another team that the United States is going up against where they have not met often or as frequent as maybe some other teams. Uh, but in terms of compare, comparing recent opposition in terms of where a team like South Korea is at versus uh, Paraguay, I think they're just two tactically different teams. This is the South Korea side. That's probably going to rely a little bit more on, on possession, try to force the United States to, to wrangle the ball away from them, smart and patient on the ball, very tactical savvy team. So I'm curious to see, um, what type of adjustments, if any, are made, or what type of challenges are presented um, to this United States women's national team? I'm, I'm not too sure if we're going to see these types of, like, nine-zero, yeah. law games against uh, these matches and, and and against these this team in particular. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna be looking forward to to seeing how it plays out. I know you are too, Lisa. For for everybody uh, who's wondering, we are going to be providing uh, continuing coverage of these final October friendlies for you all. Attacking Third will be going live with post-game reaction to these matches after the final whistle. So so look out and follow us on our social media channels for whenever we go live. Again, head on over to the YouTube and subscribe and you won't miss a thing in terms of notifications when we go uh, go live. And uh, we actually have another preview to get through and we will be back with the NWSL side of this preview episode for you all after a quick break. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call
0: 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: Lisa, let me tell you. I've really up my living room TV set recently and my sound system is just so elite now thanks to the Sonos Beam. It's this sleek, stylish, smart sound bar and it looks great on my TV stand and I'm blown away by the quality of the speaker. I'm watching NWSL matches. I was recently watching the Chicago Sky win the WNBA championship, and I've even taken a look at me and you on YouTube through attacking third and listening to the sound through the TV on the beam. And whenever I'm watching a match, it absolutely makes me feel like I'm there in the stadium. The crowd noise is incredibly clear, and there's just something that makes me feel like I'm there in the moment. The crowd noise is incredibly clear. And there's just something about the Sonos technology where it adjusts to the room so that when you set it up, it just sounds exactly like the show. And it makes watching the games just an absolute immersive experience. It's like I'm there the whole time.
0: I love that. I love being in the stadium. I I mean, are you going to maybe watch and write all of your games from home now? Thanks to the Sonos Beam. I love it. And it looks so clean and clear. The sound is just everything, everything that you could want for.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And check it out. You're going to love this. Uh, One of the best parts is that when I am working from home or relaxing on my couch or drinking my caffeinated seltzers or, or whatever it is, my beverage of choice, I can actually control the volume levels with my Sonos app. And Sonos is sweet because it's connected all over Wi-Fi and uses Bluetooth and it's the greatest smart setup. And if I'm double fisting with the hydration and then on the other side with the caffeination, I could just tell Alexa to adjust the volumes. There are matches that I prefer to watch at home versus going to the stadium because of the beam. And I recommend to all of our listeners, especially ahead of the NWSL playoffs, go to Sonos.com to learn more.
0: Love that, especially ahead of the playoffs for the NWSL. You want to feel like you're in the stadium. Um, That championship also being moved from Providence Park to Lynn Family Stadium in Louisville, Kentucky. If you can't make it there, you can at least watch it at home on your TV with your Sonos Beam and feel like you're at Lynn Family Stadium. Hey, why not?
1: Yeah, for sure. It's it's gonna it's gonna be an exciting one. So so everyone should go go and check it out. NWSL action just sounds better when you're using this kind of stuff. And we have one NWSL match to preview during this international window, Lisa. It's New Jersey, New York Gotham FC versus Kansas City NWSL. I'm so excited for this match. It's going to I want to believe it's going to be all eyes on this match, Lisa, because it is the only NWSL match that is going to be taking place during this and uh, this international window for the United States Women's National Team. We're going to see a ton of players make their departure. It's not just going to be the United States Women's National Team. And you and I were talking a little bit about this in our content planning how this particular international window could essentially impact these two teams during this one singular NWSL match. Uh, let's maybe let's just jump right into our picks hopping off of that. Have you been going back and forth with these two teams just because they are going to be missing some, some key figures. Tell me what you're thinking, who you're picking and why.
0: Of course I've been going back and forth. How could I not? Because uh, they are missing players in these windows. Carly Lloyd has said that she will not be playing for Gotham throughout this, this window, even though, um, The U.S. will be playing in Kansas City at Children's Mercy Park on Thursday. And then this match is taking place at Legends Field on Friday in Kansas City. But um, it's an international window. So it's already Carly Lloyd missing for Gotham. However, they still have Margaret Purse, who has just been... On fire right now. Um, But Gotham, they are potentially missing Estelle Johnson. She got called up to the Cameroon national team. Um, Kaylin Sheridan, goalkeeper, and Evelyn Vians, forward for Gotham, have also potentially been called up to Canada. We don't know exactly if and when those players will be missing, um, but. Uh, Mandy Freeman we saw a taste of her last weekend for Gotham and she is back I think that is a huge bright spot for Gotham Um, and we know how Kansas City can play at home on that legends field and just knock other teams out that's their that's kansas city's mojo right now it's who can they knock out of the playoffs um and gotham is a team that they could potentially do that to when when you look at this right now gotham is at number five in the standings and they have 32 points if they win this match against kansas city they jump three points and they get 35 that ties them with Chicago red stars right now. Now the head to head between Gotham and Chicago goes to Gotham, two ties and one Gotham win. So Chicago will move to five and Gotham moves to number four. Gotham needs this win. I think they have more on the table. I think Scott Parkinson understands that really well, despite going to Kansas city and playing against a great KC team on legends field. I'm giving this win to Gotham. I'm right there with you, Lisa, I and I
1: almost I'm sitting here and I almost hate to do it against this Kansas City side because we have been coming on these episodes week in and week out talking about this Kansas City team and how they are fully embracing that spoiler role down the stretch of this regular season, that they are absolutely that type of team that are looking ahead to the future saying, listen, it's not so much about how. We started, but it's definitely going to be a little bit more about how we finish and the momentum that we carry into 2022. And they're back in Kansas City, like you said, where they have picked up six consecutive results at home. That is an impressive six game streak to have at home for this team. But I just still, with, with, both teams missing some key players. I think it's going to level some things out a little bit, but with Gotham having the return of these other key players, I think is what's going to be that X factor for them. Having somebody like a Margaret purse who is just playing phenomenally for this team at the exact right time in which they need her to and having the return of somebody like Mandy Freeman, somebody who can rotate into that back line in the event that, Hey, there is an international window and there might not be players available who can slot in and knows how to keep things organized there on the defensive line as well. So I think there's just a bit more of the X factor for Gotham going into this one. And for head coach Scott Parkinson and first assistant Bevianes, they have got this Gotham team playing a certain kind of way with a certain level of swagger. There is a certain belief that we're watching unfold on the pitch during these games when they're happening. And it is very special what we're watching take place between Ifioma Anamanu and Margaret Purse on that attacking line. And though Carly Lloyd's not going to be there, those two stars are going to be there, and I think they're going to be the X Factor for this game as well. We're going to keep an eye on it. I think everyone else is going to keep an eye on it because, again, it's the one and only NWSL fixture for this week. But uh, who knows? Maybe I'll also put a scoreline on it, Lisa. I'm going to go with Gotham, just like you're going with Gotham. But you know what? I think it might be narrow. I think it might just like like a 1-0 or maybe like a 2-0 or even possibly a 2-1. We We'll see. Okay. I,
0: I like that you put score lines on it. I guess I have to too. I think it'll be narrow. Well, I I don't know. I think Kansas City's going to score just because they're on such a hot streak. So I'm going to go two one to Gotham. All
1: right. I think I think that that's fair. Well, we'll see how it goes. I know we'll be paying. Uh, we'll be climbing paying close attention to it. Let's let's kind of close this out with a, a special segment uh, presented uh, by our new sponsor. It's Raising the Bar presented by Sonos Beam. It's focusing on a player or two who have elevated their game most recently. A player that we need to see big things from this weekend. And with this being the only end fixture this match, we wanted to take two players from each team who we feel have been doing big things for their teams. Uh, for Gotham FC, we are going with Margaret Purse who has Eight goals this season with two goals on three shots, most recently helping Gotham FC pick up a win against North Carolina Courage. And for Kansas City, who do we got, Lisa? Uh,
0: I think we have to pick Darian Jenkins. She is just on fire for Kansas City right now. She leads the team in goals scored. She has three on the season and her goals have been. Complete bangers. Honestly, that's exactly what they are. And and she's really just risen to the occasion for Kansas City and taken the opportunities that she's been given. Um, when Jenkins gets the ball, her head is up and she looks to go to goal. That's exactly what you want from a forward. And she's taken this season in stride. She was a quiet striker at the start for Casey as Kansas City was a quiet team at the start of this season. And now, as we near the playoffs, Kansas City being out of the the playoff race and they will not have a postseason, I think this is when Darren Jenkins has said, OK, I have nothing to lose. And especially with a forward, if you have nothing to lose and you know that you can try out your your craziest skills and you can try to perfect your shot in game moments, that's when players either rise or crumble. And Darren Jenkins, I think, has just risen for this Kansas City team. Um and, and scored a lot of goals, which scoring goals is really hard. Some players make it look really easy, like our other rising player, Margaret Purse. But Darian Jenkins, um, she's she's having fun with it. I'm I'm thinking she might be the one to get the goal for Kansas City this weekend.
1: I'm going to be watching. And it's going to be funny if, if this turns out another way because we're both going – for Gotham FC And you know what happens When we sometimes Pick the same team It doesn't always Go that way But that's why We did things A little bit differently With our Raising the Bar uh, With our Raising the Bar Segment presented By Somos Beam We wanted to pick Two players uh, For this game In particular So keep an eye On Margaret Purse And keep an eye On Darian Jenkins And see if they're Going to be the player Who does big things This weekend We want to thank Everybody for listening As always You can follow us On Twitter At Attacking Third We're on Apple Podcasts Spotify Stitcher Anywhere you listen to your podcast show, if you leave us a five star review over on Apple Podcasts with a question, Lisa and I will answer it as part of our mailbag segment. And we're also available as videos. So you can subscribe to us on YouTube. Visit youtube.com/slash attacking third, and we will be back Thursday with the United States Women's National Team live for recap against South Korea. We will do live recaps for all U.S. Women's National Team matches. So come on back Thursday night, come with us for Sandra and Lisa Roman. The time has come
0: for drag queens to save the world.